Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to Blue Noise, the Birmingham Live's Birmingham City themed podcast. This is edition four and there's a very much a feel about uh, youth football and some of the uh, young stars at Wast Hills and Birmingham City coming through. I'm Brian Dick and I'm joined in our Birmingham Live office by Shane Ireland. Hi Shane. Hi Brian, how's it going? Yeah, good thank you. Um, As I said there, it's been very much uh, a lot of the talk around the club at the moment has been about the the young players that are coming through. Um, This this edition of the podcast, Blue Noise, is very much previewing the, the FA Youth Cup semi-final that yep. the Blues have got with Chelsea. Um, we've got an interview uh, with Alex Dickin carried out with uh, under-18s manager Steve Spooner coming up for you in a minute, so ho- hopefully you'll all enjoy that. I, it's very interesting to hear how, how the, uh, yeah, the under-18s structure their week. Uh, some interesting thoughts from Steve about the um, about some of the stuff they do in terms of yoga and, and judo and things like that and, and how they how they work on the players' conditioning. So hopefully there'll be something informative for you all in that. Um, but uh, Steve Spooner and the FA Youth Cup isn't the only, uh, isn't, isn't the only um, people talking about that at the moment. Gary Monk um, has, has said a lot, talked a lot about bringing, uh, bringing young players into that first team and we've seen it with Wes Harding. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, about the importance of, of, of opening up that pi- pipelining and, and opening that door to young players, Shane? Obviously, it's hugely important for Blues um, and has been really, certainly since I've been watching Blues in the last uh, six or seven years. We all know the big names that have come through and have gone on to do really well. Um, Butland, Redmond, Gray are the main three. We obviously saw Butland um, playing golf for England as well, which was a nice way to kind of uh, take us into this podcast, actually, that... The, the, the academy graduate was uh, playing for his national team. Um, yeah, Wes Harden, um, the success story at the moment, it was great to see him play um, against So It wasn't only great to see him play, but the performance he put in as well was so pleasing. Um, and in a time, we, you know, we've had, uh, Blues fans have had a lot of uh, a lot of bad experiences, so to say, in the last few months. And it's mm-hmm. lovely to see a young player come through like that and, and deliver such a confident performance in front of a big crowd. Were you were you slightly surprised to see his name on the team sheet? Because uh, yes, I, th- yeah. I think we have to remember that this is a relegation struggle. And, Absolutely, and you know it, it may be, be be leaning on the cliche a little bit, but you, a lot of managers will be reluctant to trust a young player in a situation like this. Yeah, of course, there's two ways to look at. It, I think um, as a manager, isn't it? You, you go either set you start early and go with experience. You bring your old heads in who've probably done this before. Um, but the other side of the coin is that a young player, another bit of a cliche as well, is is fearless and Wes Harden won't have been in that situation before. He doesn't know what to expect of it. It's all new to him. So he's got nothing to hold him back. Um, yeah, and I was surprised. Uh, and I was 
surprised also to see all of the loanees out of the picture. Um, certainly Gallagher and Boga, who've been in the team, and Jenkinson, who've been in the team pretty regularly um, in the last few games. Uh, it was a bold decision um, from Monk, and it, it looks to have paid off. Yeah, it certainly does. What I liked was the, was the fact that he he picked up that ninth-minute booking. Um, and yes, it wasn't ideal, but on the other side of that, he certainly let his winger know he was there, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. And Harry Wilson has, uh, has been having some rave, earning some rave reviews uh, on, on the left for Hull this yeah. season. He's obviously a li- comes from Liverpool, a very promising young man, but, but I thought Wes dealt with him really well. And in the end... It was uh, Wilson ended up being taken off, didn't he? Yeah, he and, did. Wilson and, um, was the one going into the game that uh, obviously plays for Liverpool. He has a lot of attention on his performances from Liverpool as well. And I've, I've read quite a few things about him, how Liverpool look at him for the future, and he obviously seemed to be the kind of danger man for Hull. Um, yeah, that early booking was um, a bit worrying in the sense that he had so long to go then against a dangerous player without um, without committing another foul essentially. But it, I know what you're saying in terms of. He knew the winger. He let the winger knew he was there, and it kind of um, it gave the crowd it kind of cheered up the crowd, didn't it? You know that kind of strong challenge that pe- people like to see. And yeah, he, he just dealt with it so um, he had such a mature head on for the game. I was really surprised, really pleasantly surprised, um, just how just how mature he looked on the pitch, and he just looked so at home and at ease with the ball at his feet as well. Yeah, I think what you would say though is you you probably wouldn't. Just th- throw two or three into this situation yeah, it's, certainly. it's got to be a, a calculated situation um, this week uh, it's emerged that uh, Gary Monk has also been looking at Odin Bailey uh, with, with a view, he's been training with the first team mm-hmm. now, now whether he'll um, c- come into the, into the reckoning for this weekend's game against Ipswich is another matter um, but a young, a young exciting attacker, uh, again that that, that's going to lift the fans as well again, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, I think it it'll probably depend on if Monk keeps up his uh, the decision to keep the lone players out. Um, then that kind of cuts back on the options going forward and, and maybe a young player from, from the club's own academy could have a look at um, getting in the squad, which would be an, another great boost. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 I'm looking good in terms of um, the young players, of course, who had Wes coming into the team and then, as we previously mentioned, the FA Youth Cup, which is such an exciting thing to get behind. Since, mm. um, Brilliant for a club like Blues to be doing so well against. Uh, they've got you've got a diff- very difficult game going up against Chelsea, who have won it the last four years. I think mm, I'm right saying that. Yeah. So that'll be a big challenge, but yeah, it's, that's this exciting time, and uh, hopefully they'll get a decent crowd at St Andrews to watch them too. Mm. Yeah, as as you as you say there, Shane, the FA Youth Cup, the first leg is uh, at St Andrews next Wednesday, April the fourth. It's a seven o'clock kickoff, and I think I'm right in saying that entry is a pound. Yeah, it um, is. So. A lot of Blues fans are going to be otherwise occupied the night before. Uh, 5,000 people going up to Bolton, um, or the best part of. Uh, but even so, it would be, be great if, if they could get along and, yeah. and support the, uh, the, the lads in, in, uh, in, in that game. We'll be covering it here at Birmingham Live. We'll be treat, treating it like, like, a, like a proper match, like a, a, a full senior match. Um, so, as you say, hopefully they can get something from it and be in it in that second leg, which which takes place six days later yeah. at Stamford Bridge. Which brings us on to Steve Spooner and uh, Alex Dickin um, popped down to Wast Hills to have a chat with the under-18s manager. Uh, and uh, he, he talks he talks Alex through um, the cup run so far and uh, the, the preparation and the ethos and the playing style that they try to inculcate down at Wast Hills. So, fifth round against Berry. Is that the furthest you've got recently? Um, 
No, we've had our semi-final appearance okay. and uh, two quarter-finals. When were those? Tats would know we had. Um, it was yeah. That's for you. Some details. Uh, Tats, uh, Liverpool, other two legs. Uh, Man United one year and Leicester the other year on it. Yeah. Leicester, I think Leicester was was it two fifteen? Two fifteen. Quarterfinals yeah. two fifteen. Two thousand seven semi-finals. Ah, two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah. So, so far, the two games you've had uh, against Bristol and Sheffield. Um, just thoughts on the on the run so far. Um, wasn't too delighted with the, the Bristol C one. Obviously, pleased with the result, but the level of performance wasn't um, overly impressed with throughout. There was there was periods. I mean, the, the two goals we scored were, were very good goals, very well worked and stuff that we worked on. So extremely pleased with that. But in terms of, of controlling the game after, and um, I've spoke about it uh, in previous interviews, that quite often what you find in, in the first round is that the players, are, some, some of them experiencing that for the first time, playing under floodlights. Um, Build up to the FA Youth Cup, you know, there's still quite a bit of significance um, around the game with the FA Youth Cup, and, mm-hmm. and players tend to to get into that. And although we we try to play it down and not make too much of it, it's uh, it's something that the me- momentum builds within the club. It's not just for master, you know. People talk about it, um, you know, from first team down, which is very nice. So they kind of get. The stress starts to build, and the uh, the expectations. So quite often they go into that, and they you know, when we went two goals up early on, and, um, and so there's even more to defend against, and uh, they they started to feel a little bit of the pressure, and we got slack with the ball, and we, we ended up playing too long when we would have liked to play it shorter. So disappointed from that point of view, but with the the next game, Sheffield United in the stadium against our own with our own fans there, it was really pleasing performance. Apart from the opening fifteen minutes, I thought we managed to control the game at the speed and tempo that that we wanted to. So really pleased with that. Downside of that, I didn't think we created as many chances that we should have with the amount of ball we had. Uh, and that was a little bit that we lacked a little bit of concentration and creativity in and around the box. Is there still almost that, um, you see the FA Cup in the professional game now, it's kind of like almost lost its edge, but the FA Youth Cup is still quite a big deal, isn't it, for kids? Yeah, it is. It, it still carries that little bit of magic for the youth players. And it's something that you always remember for the rest of your career. You know, no matter what level you play at, you will always remember UFA Youth Cup nights because they are special. As I said, you know, a lot of players don't get to play in the stadiums now like they used to. So when you go to Bristol City, which is a fantastic new stadium, well, it's the older stadium but been restructured and a lovely pitch, and then you get to play in St Andrews under the lights. Uh, they're, they're all great memories and the build-up and excitement and the, the camaraderie and that is they're great great nights that you remember not just as players but as coaches mm. and 
I saw a few of the goals they've scored so far, the ones at Bristol, uh, really nice passing goals. Um, in terms of its development, so is there a philosophy that's just purely focused on playing good football and developing players, or is there kind of that kind of link with the first team that you want to play in that sort of style, so these players are kind of ready to move up as they go? I, yeah, I think um, for us it would be about um, getting the players the... Um, the, the ability to receive the ball under pressure, to pass under pressure, um, with creative movement. So it's it's about the development, and it's more through to the the twenty ones, twenty threes, where it becomes a little bit more refined, mm. um, where they're you know they're they're I wouldn't say it's closer to the first thing because a lot of boys. You know, sometimes go from ATMs and they'll have the occasional game in 23s, but they're going to the first team. But for us, you know, we, we, we have a culture within the academy of, of the way we want to play. We like to keep the ball on the floor and pass through the thirds with creativity and fast passing and movement. So, you know, that's the kind of ethos that we have, and, and you know, most of our, our training, our syllabus is. In possession is based around them, them qualities. What does a general day for yourself and this youth team look like? What will they go? Well, in the build up to the yeah. FA Youth Cup. Oh, just in a, in a normal training day. What would what sort of in a normal day? normal training day? Well, through our week, we would we would normally have um, we've we've changed our Monday mornings because we found that players come in, they've been home for the weekend, had a game on a Saturday, and uh, some of them come in a. A little bit down if they've had a, a poor result on the Saturday, or sometimes just being away from home and coming back. So we try to do something different on Mondays, and we have alternate Mondays. We have judo and yoga in the morning, okay. so it's still related to their game. So the judo with the um, the discipline of judo yeah. and the one v one combat and using the upper body and the legs for power. Uh, and then the the stretching and that of of yoga, and then we would have a uh, a technical ball session in the afternoon. Tuesday morning we would have um, something that's around our syllabus. So whether it be defending, attacking, or possession based. Uh, so we would have the Tuesday morning would consist of that. Tuesday afternoon would be more about what we feel the players need. So it might be individual practice, it might be practice within units, it might be team play. Um, Wednesday is, uh, oh sorry, and on the Tuesday morning it would we, we colour code our training sessions to, to meet the physical demands that the players need. Mm. So Tuesday is, is a heavy session yeah. in terms of the physical programme. Uh, so Wednesday morning will be lighter to help them to recover and um, they nearly will be skill centred again. Mm. Thursday we ramp it up again, it will be another physical, bigger areas to work in, so it's more physically demanding for them. Once again that will be a syllabus session. Um, and uh, Friday morning will be normally around a match preparation for the Saturday. But within that they will have weights three, four times a week, mm. um, plus their education programme of um, and their education program is is uh, you know Monday mornings um, 
Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, uh, sorry, thur uh, Thursday afternoon and Friday morning. So it's a very comprehensive, packed, mm. variable week. Um, and it's very demanding for the players, not just physically, but mentally as well with the education. And that. I say they spend, must spend a hell of a lot of time together. They're quite a close, close group. Yeah, they are a close group. They, they get on well with one another, which is important. And um, they... Um, I think they appreciate one another as well. Mm. Um, you know, they 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 encourage one another when things are not going so well, which is is massive, and, and we all need that. Whether you're the coach or the player, you need someone to to point things out to you at times. So yeah, generally the the, the camaraderie between them all is very good. Mm. Uh, just a couple of uh, quirkier questions now. Uh, who's the joker in the pack? Who's the joker? Well, who would you say, Tash? You probably you you see the lighter side of them than me. They're all very serious when they're with me. Uh, I, I would I would would Clarky? Would you say? Yeah. I would say Adam Civita. Yeah. They they tend to. Civita's more dry. Yeah, yeah. Clarky's a bit more gregarious and in a bit more. Yeah. There you go. That's the best way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't put words into your mouth. Yeah, no, <laughs> I see a good game. Yeah. <laughs> um, now they're they they're probably the mainstays. There's there's the Irish contingent um, who um, they they can yeah they're good fun. They're generally good fun. Um, and uh, obviously they get a lot. Of, and now I better not say anything incorrect politically. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they, yeah, <coughs> they are. They're great fun as well. The Irish contingent. Um, <coughs> are they? You said Irish lads. Are they are they a local bunch or are they kind of? No, they are literally from anywhere. Ireland. Yeah, they're, no, they're from Ireland. They're from the. We got a couple from the north, and a couple from the south. And uh, you know we we brought the mother from Ireland, so you know they're in digs and away from home. Mm. But um, parents do fly over and see them, and I uh, I would fully expect. I know that one one of the parents are going to Bury on yeah. Friday, and, and quite often they they fly over on mass, which they did in the the last round, and um, I think they they enjoyed the the night into the wee hours. I think as they would say. <laughs> um. Not the players. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any sort of like? Um, obviously, you just mentioned not the not the players. Are there any sort of treats they do get like um, when they obviously if they were to win on Friday that sort of thing? Um, not not particularly. Um, we'll we'll be doing like a uh, we're off to the panic rooms in town today for a bit of team bonding this oh, afternoon. Okay. That's good. So they do that, and and sometimes during. The, the season we'll break it up and either take them from meal or we'll go bowling. Mm. Um, maybe to a, a game like we, when we play Forest at 18s, it's the same day the first team play Forest, so yeah. we'll stay over and go to the game. <clears throat> we try to, you know, it's a long while together, 10 months, so we, we try to freshen it up and vary it, but uh, at the same time, um, you know they they need grounding. They're only in the last sixteen of the FA Youth Cup. Mm. Now we we've not achieved anything yet. We're we just literally it's the old saying, but it is. You know this is the next round. This is the next game, and that has to be played. And we look no further than that. Um, so yes, it's 
we like to keep it fun, but it has to be professional as well. And, and you know, they're, they're just young scholars learning their way and they have to, to understand that as well. Okay, well, that was Steve Spooner, um, which brings us to, to this point of the podcast where we're going to focus on the first team and this weekend's match with, uh, with Ipswich. Uh, home match, um, first one since they, since Blues beat Hull um, on the, a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully, the, the two international players, Magoma and uh, and Andoy, will be back in back back at the training ground, all healthy and, and ready to go. What are your thoughts about this this game, um, Shane? Because to me, it's it's a it stands out as a difficult one, and Mick McCarthy side who we know are going to going to come and be organised. Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's going to be a big test of. Uh, Blues talents going forward. I think they had a really, uh, a really good time against Hull last time out. But you would say that Hull's defending wasn't um, exactly solid. Blues were certainly allowed in for opportunities they probably wouldn't get against better teams in the Championship. And as you say, it's a Mick McCarthy side. You really do know exactly what you're going to get um, against the McCarthy side. It's going to be, it's going to be organised. They're going to be tough, physical at the back. Um, but having said that, I think that the Hull result has certainly given such a shot shot in the arm to, to the fans, to the players. And there's a the bit of optimism, and I would actually add that I'm quietly confident of a Blues win. Mm. Well, if, if it goes wrong now, we know who <laughs> yeah, to blame. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to be a different game um, in, in in terms of the style. Against Hull, Blues were on the front foot straight away, and yeah. I, I thought Hull were quite passive in, in, in the way that they, they allowed Blues to dictate dictate terms. I don't think Ipswich will be will be quite a softer touch. And and the defensive um, frailties you alluded to. I mean, Michael Dawson at times looked like he was running through mud. And uh, yeah. interestingly, in in the press conference afterwards, um, the 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 interviewer from uh, from up in Hull uh, was asking Nigel Adkins. Yeah. I think he asked him four or five questions, and all but one of them were about Michael Dawson and his place in the side. Yeah. So. Um, Ipswich seem to be a bit more settled. Um, there is the question of Mick McCarthy's future hanging out, hanging yeah. over the club at the moment. Um, be interesting to to see how that that plays out and whether that will have an impact on what the players do. Yeah. Um, for me, this weekend and indeed the next week uh, with Ipswich at home, Bolton away, then Burton at home again. It's it is positively probably the most important week in in the club season so far. Yeah. You're going up to Bolton. Shane, yep. what what are you expecting up there? Um, yeah, as you say, it's a season-defining week, um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, the Bolton trip. Uh, I'm I'm confident about that as well. Actually, um, <laughs> this is unbelievable. I, I very rarely predict a Blues win, but uh, yeah, I think it will obviously a lot of it will depend on the result um, this weekend. You know, trying to build on that if they get a positive result. But I do think with obviously they're take, Blues are taking nearly five thousand up on Tuesday. Um, if Blues can uh, certainly in terms of the fans can push the players to get in Bolton's faces early on. Um, Bolton had a good a uh, good result against Villa mm-hmm. recently, um, which shows that they you know there'll be no pushovers. Um, you would fancy having the the big crowd behind them in terms of the away and that the Blues could get something up there. And I'd, I'd be surprised if they came home empty-handed. To be mm. fair. Why why is this Bolton match proved? Why have tickets flown off the yeah, off the, it's off the really shelf captured on the this imagination, one? It really hasn't has, it? hasn't it? Is it, um, is, is, is it because of previous trips to Bolton? Yeah, I'm I'm sure that has, that is a factor in it. Um, you know, we all know how brilliant that day was uh, when Cadiz scored scored the uh, 
the equaliser to keep Blues up. And I think that probably does factor into it. It's also got the ticket prices, which are um, £15 for adults, mm-hmm. which is really great to see. It makes football more accessible if you're taking a family. That's brilliant. That's really to be encouraged. And the, I suppose the time, it's kind of the Easter time, isn't it? The yeah. Easter period, which makes it a bit easier. But I'm, yeah, I'm very surprised. I'd, I'd probably hope for maybe two, two and a half thousand. Mm-hmm. But to see nearly 5,000 is absolutely brilliant. Um, and it just shows you that the fans are there and they will come out and support the club in, in the tough times. Absolutely. And, and going back to Gary Monk, he's, he's constantly stressed the link between the fans and, and the players. Yeah. Um, f- for me, the whole, the whole vibe around Hull was reminiscent of, of the second to last game of last season when Huddersfield came to St Andrews yeah. and St Andrews was just at its defiant, noisy best, wasn't it? So, yeah. Hopefully more of that to come in, as what we've said, a, uh, a big week for Birmingham City and for, for not just for the first team, for the under-18s as well. Thanks very much for listening. Um, we'll, and the next edition, uh, we'll hopefully be bringing you back with bringing back some, uh, some good news uh, from, from around the country. As I say, thanks for listening and keep right on. <laughs>